When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following program contains mature subject matter. Viewer discretion is advised. The doctors are getting personal, starting with your poop. You ready? Yeah. Spin that poop wheel. And things get downright dirty. Ma-itchy. Then it's one of the most embarrassing medical confessionals oh. we've ever heard. I have a problem that's so embarrassing. We have not been intimate for all this time. Plus, a lot of people are drinking too much water. Say what? Too much water. We've got the real Ooh. deal. That's today. Welcome everyone to the doctors. So what's causing your constant runny nose? And why do you have to urinate so many times at night? We're tackling everything from your common to your most embarrassing questions. We even have our medical confessional here today and we're gonna jump right in. Anyone out there feeling rather pooped? Well, you're in luck. The stool squad is back and they're here to answer all of your bathroom related questions. The Stool Squad. <laughs> Dr. Jorge Rodriguez and Dr. David Rosenfeld are back, and we are going to spin that wheel. <laughs> Morning egg equals diarrhea? What? Yeah, that's bizarre, right? But for some people, eating an egg every morning causes an instant uh, bowel movement, almost like explosive diarrhea. Really? It's really rare. Is it yeah. probably some sort of food allergy? That's exactly that's yep. exactly what see, they say. See, I don't say. even have to be a member of the, can I be an honorary member you can be an honorary. of the, oh, of the I, poop squad? I, I, wait a minute, I want to be on the stool squad. Can I be an honorary? Yeah, but I, he's like already is very full of stools. Hey! <laughs> no, you're telling me that some people will just eat an egg and almost instantaneously have a bowel movement, much like some people who drink coffee, it'll grease the wheels. Well, it is. There's supposed to be a protein that is creates an allergic reaction. What's weird about it is that it's, it's got to be a real allergy because it's almost instantaneous, mm. right? It's often confused with something we call gastrocolic reflux, which means that when you eat something, your, your colon immediately starts to empty right. to make room for what's coming down the right. pike. So it's very rare. Don't think that you necessarily have it. Right. Unless you have other symptoms of allergies that's, like redness, that, itchiness. Right right of lactose intolerance too. Correct. Right? Exactly. Drinking that milk. You right. drink and then and boom. That's Correct. It. Off you go. Off you go. But eggs smell a lot worse. Oh. A lot worse when it comes out. That's sulfur. Yeah. But sometimes well. when kids have it though, they can outgrow an egg allergy, right? That's correct. Uh, supposedly in the teens, mm -hmm. around 16, if you have that type of allergy, you usually outgrow it. So don't think that just because they're having stool, you know, after you have your, your breakfast that you necessarily have an egg allergy, but if it persists or it's something different, definitely go see your doctor. Come on, let's do another question. You ready? Yeah. Spin that poop wheel. It's definitely for It's that old itchy, itchy anus. Now, 
before you even start your answer, <laughs> he's gonna say, oh, I just take a fiber supplement no, no. and I don't ever have to wipe and it's never itchy. Oh yeah, Mr. No, Perfect. Wait, wait, wait. Mr. Perfect, Mr. so wait. go ahead and give me your spiel. So, I'll give you the spiel. Someone comes to my office and they say, my butt itches. The first thing I say is, welcome to the club. And I'm the president and owner. Really? Yeah. So really? Oh, that makes yes. me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, is so better. common. It is okay. It's my anus, doesn't it? My anus doesn't itch. Give, give it time. I want to be very clear. Uh, but no, but if it does, it. So the two of you, no issues there. Right. No. Dr. Orton? Does my anus ever itch? Yeah. Thank you. Go. Okay. Now, fessed up. the main reason. Come on, man up. I, but I have so many other problems on that wheel, just not that one. Not that one? Thank God, because I won't wish it on my, on my worst enemy. It is a nightmare, and I've been dealing with it since 2000, and it's multifactorial. But the number one thing is stool consistency. And even if, when the stools are perfect, it's a great day, and if you're wiping a little bit more, it's a bad day, because the stool will seep out like toothpaste. And a little bit of stool right on your skin irritates the skin. And if you start licking your lips, your skin gets irritated because saliva in the mouth is no problem. Just like stool in the anus is no problem. When the stool hits the skin, just like your mouth gets red and irritated from saliva, which doesn't belong there, so does the anus and it gets itchy. And when you scratch, Forget it. That's like taking a shot of heroin. As soon so as you scratch the, problem, the door, the problem, the problem is if you have a toothpaste stool, yeah. you still need to clean the toothpaste up. Impossible. And so, yeah, so it's what do difficult. you do? What's the best way it's to do it? It's more difficult. Don't have a toothpaste stool. Well, right, but that's right. where I was, I was being facetious earlier. Yeah. Right. Some people, no matter how hard they try, right. Right, I've heard this. And, and what do you think the garden hose is for? <laughs> the spray, well, the handheld, the handheld spray. But, but that irritates it some more. Yeah. You know, so, so some people water. are. That's why some people are more prone to just this right. consistency of consistency their stool. Of the stool hemorrhoids play a role. Right, what but, you, you, but wipe if you do have a soft well. stool, you should probably eat more fiber Correct. to solidify it. So cilium, we yeah, talk about all the time, and if it comes out. Perfect. If you have the perfect poop and you wipe once and it's clean and you don't even and you're like like wow this is great, your day is great. What about topicals you guys recommend if someone has an itchy anus? This well, is that's a great question. Go ahead, Ali. No, I was just thinking when you talked about that, somebody should come up with like anal lipstick. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you just said. Like, yeah. That's like right. <laughs> Seems like a good like broomstick. I think you could probably use like chapstick, but just don't. No, listen, I recommend well. anything that has aloe. If you're going to use some of the right. wipes that have aloe as opposed to the, nothing that contains alcohol because right. that's going to burn it more. Right. But I think you were also alluding to the fact that things like hemorrhoids can cause right. itching. If, you have, if you're a child or a younger person, anybody really, right. and it itches all the time, especially at night when you're asleep, you gotta think of pinworms. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of other things. And if you're older, you'd also have to at least put on the differential anal cancer if you right. had Correct. chronic itching that no yeah. matter what was going on with your stools, right? Right. Yeah. So, and I mean this in all seriousness, you have taken away so much of the shame or the shame the with stigma. Yeah. So yeah. if you aren't sure what's going on, Go see a proctologist or a gastroenterologist and say, hey doc, can you just take a look down there and make yeah. sure everything's yeah. okay? So real quick, hemorrhoids play a role. This is so interesting. So years ago when I was working in a group of proctologists, I had my hemorrhoids treated and like that, the symptoms are gone. And your head is thinking, well, if that works, why don't you just remove my hemorrhoids and I'll never have itching? And it doesn't work mm -hmm. that way because hemorrhoids secrete mucus and cause part of the problem. But again, it's multifactorial. There's so many things going, uh, going on that removing hemorrhoids won't do it or I'd be doing hemorrhoid surgery all day. And if I can come up with a cure for itching, I could retire in one year. One infomercial, and that would be it, because there are probably about 10 million to 50 Can million people. Can you imagine that infomercial at 3 a.m.? <laughs> Let's go ahead and script it right now. I've got are part of it. I'm working on an itchy anus. <laughs> <laughs> try. I mean, there's I somebody try, 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 try
Let's see what the next question is. Let's spin that poop wheel. This is so exciting. Oh, this for you. Oh. Foul smelling poop? Never had it. All right, Don't well listen, the, the bottom you. line is, all right, it's poop smells because it's crap. <laughs> it's right. waste. If it smelled good, we'd put it in a bottle and sell it as cologne. You know, so it, it, I'm joking, but the point is that poop is bacterial residue, and it's always going to smell bad. So it may smell better to you because it's your poop. You know, I know. You, yeah, sometimes yours. you go all the way left. Like, right. sometimes you don't want to be in the restroom with yourself. No. You do, <laughs> some, I mean, some, uh, come on. Sometimes, no. Just yes. Me, right. Oh, no, Nita, never. No. no. Not me. Not at all, Nita. <laughs> Nothing no. but peaches and flowers, Dan. Miss Peaches and Flowers, okay. But a lot of it is dependent on what you eat also. So nowadays when people are trying to be very healthy and eat a high protein diet and some of the protein supplements, protein can be deadly. All right, as far as changing the smell of your poop. Speaking of eggs, the yeah. sulfur that's contained in eggs can also make things meat. smell worse. Yes, protein. protein right, meat. the meat right. and protein. Broccoli and sulfur as well. Cheese. But as long as, as long as it's not a concerning, unique smell, right. then is there any reason if you've changed your diet for the better, you may end up having more gas Absolutely. and your, your right. poop could smell a little bit worse, but for your overall health benefit, just shut the door, turn the fan on. And this is the other thing, why do people read the newspaper while they're in there? Be because careful. it's that, like, let's get in and get out. Be careful lighting that match. I, I don't read the newspaper, I text. You actually text? Yes, yes, Dr. I do. Dr. Rodriguez, yeah. the phone you stays out of the, the oh. restroom. No, which is why a couple of times it has been in the, in the toilet, toilet, unfortunately. Oh. I, don't need, I don't need to know these. Yeah. Can you but see the doc? He's got things. his gloves on, texting. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the bottom line is, if your stool changes somehow, if you had something you consider normal, and then it's suddenly smellier or runnier, change is something that you may need to follow up with the doctor. Very good point, yeah. very good point. Let's spin that wheel one last time. So, well, one, bile is, is the number one cause of green poop. And if we have uh, diarrhea, stool comes out too quickly, the bile from our liver comes out more quickly, it doesn't get digested into biliveridin, uh, which then gets digested again into one more protein that turns brown. Uh, foods we eat could turn, uh, turn it green. If you eat green Play-Doh, you're gonna have green poop. So, you know, I... <laughs> I, I went to school <laughs> with Billy Burden. But here's where I get a kick out of people telling me the color of their poop all the time. You know, it really probably doesn't make a big difference. There are only two colors of the poop that you should worry about. One is red, which means that there might be blood in the poop, and the other one is black. All right, you're either taking Pepto or you're bleeding internally. So a lot of the color of your poop depends on what you've eaten. This morning, true story. Here we go. <laughs> Had my cup of coffee, which apparently acts like an egg for me. <laughs> red. And then I remembered yesterday I had a beet juice. Yes. Oh, I see that. that. Yes. That one's really It scary. was really red. Yeah. It was it was Beats it was come out red, red and then red. And then yeah. thank goodness I remember drinking that beet juice. So yeah, a lot of times it can be the food. So, but you know, this may be a little different, like this conversation. You may notice that we all know a lot about our poop, 
about our feces, but it's because we look at it. And if you don't know what color your feces is, if you mm -hmm. don't know what's in it, if you don't know what shape it is, I, I would encourage you to change your routine because you should know how your poop looks because it tells you about your health. You flush and go bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. I also, the healthier you are. I also appreciate the fact that the two of you like to have a little bit of fun with it because yeah. it does, oh, it demystifies it. And we have to. We all do it. No, yeah, we, we have to because, and, and I mean, it, it's a, you know, no pun intended, but subject nobody wants to talk about it you're embarrassed you should, we, should we do it again sometime absolutely I'd love to. Yeah. thanks yeah. so much gentlemen thank you stick around coming up the question you've been afraid to ask is answered in our medical confessional i have a problem that's so embarrassing we have not been intimate for all this time then what is this and this oh you're asking yourself could this happen to me that's coming up with links to heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and cancer. It's a health condition so dangerous that it is second only to smoking. Obesity-related medical costs are in the billions now. My weight is over 500 pounds. In the epidemic that plagues nearly half of all adults. Everything that could be wrong is wrong. The doctors are taking on. Our plan is for you to go today. And taking down. You're not going to believe what you see. John, come on out. The U.S. of all. The United States of Obesity. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The following program contains mature subject matter. Viewer discretion is advised. We're answering your most common, most embarrassing, and most challenging questions throughout the show today. And this next one causes our guest so much embarrassment, she asked us not to show her face. Anita is here in our medical confessional. And Anita, tell us what's going on with your body. I'm 60 years old, and I've been told by a clinic that I have a prolapsed uterus. This is an organ that's literally hanging between my legs. It's the size of a large pear, which peels. The peeling causes bleeding, and the size of it makes it hard for me to urinate and also walk. Doctors, what can I do? How long have you been dealing with this? 10 years now. Wow. And you're married, correct? Yes, I am. Have you discussed this issue with your husband? How has it impacted your relationship with him? It's so embarrassing. We have not been intimate for all this time. And that's why I'm, I'm thankful you're, you're talking about this, because that's 10 years without intimacy, without being able to explain what's exactly going on. Dr. Nita, tell us a little bit about this. So first and foremost, I do want to thank you for sharing your story and asking this question. Yeah, thank you. And I also want you to know that you are not alone because what you're describing sounds like pelvic organ prolapse and it impacts over 3 million women in the United States alone. So let's talk about what pelvic organ prolapse is. So let's take a look at this demo. So here we see that you have your vagina and this is your bladder, this is your rectum and this is your uterus. 
So any of these organs can prolapse. In the case of uterine prolapse, the, the uterus actually slides down the vaginal canal and you can get prolapse that way or if you have a hysterectomy so you don't have a uterus, you can lose support at the top of your vagina and you can get what's called vaginal vault prolapse. So any of those organs can prolapse. So now that we know what prolapse is, we talk about the, the things that could potentially cause it. So vaginal deliveries, chi like childbirth, or if you have chronic constipation, uh, if you're coughing a lot, a lot of heavy lifting, or sometimes just the aging process itself. So if someone has prolapse, the thing is the severity can vary. Sometimes people have a small bulge and they don't notice any symptoms at all. However, sometimes people will have prolapse that's so severe, if this is the vaginal canal, and we're talking about uterine prolapse, the uterus can actually be seen coming out of the vaginal opening. So as you can tell, that can be pretty severe for a person and it can really impact their daily life. Typically, does this process take years? It's not like all of a sudden you wake up yes. and, and something's peeking out. That's a great point. So there's a spectrum. Some women have a small bulge and they have no symptoms at all, but it is a process and it can get to the point where you have the prolapse where you can see it coming out of the vagina. And overall, people can have symptoms like problems with urination, problems with defecation, pain with sex, or they may feel pressure or pain in the pelvic area. Anita's granddaughter, Annika, actually wrote into the show on her behalf, which I'm really glad you did. Tell us why you did that. I wrote into the show because for a long time I never really knew what the prolapse uterus was and I never knew how severe it was and I spent a whole week with her and I saw all the pain, the suffering and the embarrassment she felt and it killed me because my mama is a very strong and independent person and she's what inspired me to become a nurse and she's what, who encourages me to be a better person every day. That's my mama. I just don't want her to be in pain anymore. Well, Anika and Anita, there is good news because there are solutions to this. And of course, a more drastic problem, like it sounds like Anita has, is going to require a more drastic solution, like potentially surgery. But there is hope. Yeah, absolutely. So in general, if you have just mild symptoms, symptoms of prolapse, then you may need no treatment at all. If you have, you know, symptoms that are, that are a little more bothersome, then sometimes uh, pelvic physical therapy can help. Maybe your doctor will say, try not to lift heavy things. Or in some instances, you can use a removable device called a pessary. And that's just something that we put into the vagina and it helps to hold the organs in place. But if you have really bothersome symptoms, then surgery is the answer. And of course, throughout life, you can always do Kegel exercises to help prevent it and also to help with mild symptoms. And for anyone out there watching, if you do start to notice a bulge down in that area, the sooner you get it checked out, the more conservative you may be Absolutely. able to be in your treatment. But in your case, Anita, we know this has been going on for 10 years. We're proud of you for coming here today. So Anita, we reached out to Dr. Mickey Karam, the Director of Gynecological Surgery at the Roxbury Institute in Beverly Hills. And I have good news. He's offered to see you and treat your problem at no cost to you. Thank you, thank you. It's
And I would just remind viewers that the reason that we do shows like this, your most embarrassing question may be the thing that is holding you back from living the life that you truly desire. Anika, thank you for writing in the show. Anita, we wish you nothing but the best. We'll be right back. Coming up, what is this? And this. Ooh, you're asking yourself, could this happen to me? Then, a lot of people are drinking too much water. <laughs> too much water. Is that right? Find out when you ask the doctors. That's coming up. Coming on Monday. He launched the careers of Katy Perry, Lord, and Kid Rock. Now, the mission that completely changed his tune. I'm gonna do more and more of this until I don't have any more breaths to take. That's Monday. The following program contains graphic images that may be disturbing. Parents are advised that these images may not be suitable for young children. Have you ever come across a photo that makes you ask yourself, what is this? What happened? And could it happen to me? Wait, wait. So, so you all were cheering. I didn't know the images went up, and you all said, "Oh." So you're asking yourself, could this happen to me? Well, we're going to answer that right now. Dr. Sonia Batra couldn't be in studio today, but she wanted to weigh in, so she's joining us from her office via Skype. Dr. B, welcome. So, Dr. Batra has seen these images, and uh, we're going to show them all to you. This is the first one. Dr. Batra? This is actually called eczema herpeticum, and this is a condition that happens in people with pre-existing eczema or atopic dermatitis, but it's actually caused by herpes simplex virus, the same virus that causes cold sores. And I think people don't realize when you have eczema, this is a deficiency. It's a break in the barrier of your skin. So just coming in contact with people with cold sores can actually spread the virus. And in this case, it becomes much more widespread, as you can see from the photos. People get these itchy, painful bumps. It takes about a week to recover. And often people can be very sick, especially little kids who get this. They sometimes even need to be admitted to the hospital for IV antiviral medications. Because the skin is completely broken up, sometimes they can get even a secondary bacterial infection. So this actually requires urgent care and can be quite serious. In this particular case, this patient got better after about three weeks of antiviral treatment and completely is healed, as you can see in the follow-up photos. But I think the take-home here, especially for people with small children with eczema, is when the skin especially is inflamed, like on the arms and the legs, or even on their face and around the mouth, try to avoid people with cold sores. You really want to be careful about silverware, makeup, sharing glassware, because that is a viral infection and can spread. Especially since so many parents are prone to, oh, I'm gonna kiss the boo-boo. Mm -hmm. If you have an active yeah. cold sore, that is a big-time big mistake. All right, so this next image, <laughs> everyone wants to know, could this happen to my tongue? And it does look very concerning, but these tumor-like formations are actually non-cancerous. They're called hamartomas. And this is a 59-year-old patient, right, Dr. Batra? Correct. Yeah. So these, as you mentioned, are completely safe, not dangerous overgrowths of completely healthy tissue. And hamartomas can happen in different organs. In this particular case on the tongue, this patient had a genetic condition, which is called Cowden syndrome. And when that happens, they have a change in one of the genes that controls the way cells will 
kind of replicate themselves and grow. So anytime you have a tumor, that's just a cell that's dividing too rapidly. In this case, it's a hamartoma because it's not something that's malignant or going to spread. Now, this, if you're asking the question, is it likely to happen to you, is usually a genetic condition that runs in families in sort of a dominant way. And not only do they get these growths on the tongue, they can get them on the face. They are, unfortunately, because they have a tendency not to be able to control their cell regulation as much, often at a greater risk of certain cancers. Like in women, we always talk about breast cancer. Uh, we also talk about thyroid cancer. So in this particular case, this patient has been referred to a geneticist and is being screened. But the good news is the spots on the tongue that were sort of an incidental finding when this patient came in are completely harmless. And really quickly, before we go to break, we're gonna show everyone one last picture that people, they may have seen it on others, but it, it's a little little bit blurry, but this is something called purpura. A lot of people will, will see it, certainly in older people. Older people. Yeah. And this is a breakdown of the small blood vessels and that blood pools under the skin. Sometimes it can happen in people who have disorders with blood clotting, issues with their platelets or low platelet counts. And in most cases, generally benign, but I know We've all seen cases where it's a lot more serious. Dr. Batra, I know you have as well, because you have to get to the bottom of it. If these pop up out of the blue, you got to make sure, is there a new clotting disorder we have to worry about? Absolutely, and I, I think your point is really well taken about how so many people are taking blood thinners, everything from aspirin to fish oil to medications that truly are meant to prevent clotting if they've had a history of a stroke or a heart attack. And what happens with time is our skin gets so much thinner, it becomes more fragile, and you get less elasticity. So when you just knock up against something that's so classic on the legs and the arms. You get this break of the blood vessels under the surface of the skin. Those blood cells leak into the skin and cause these little bruised patches. And the name is horrible. It's called senile purpura, but it tends to occur on the tops of the arms and the legs in older people often who have a lot of sun damage where their skin is thinner and more fragile. So definitely if this happens out of the blue and you're not taking a blood thinning medicine, you should run it by your doctor to make sure it's not a sign of something else. But I think we're seeing this much, much more commonly. We certainly are. And Dr. Batra, we hope you're having a wonderful day in the office. Come see us soon Thank in the you. studio. I hope to. So you want to take a break? We should. Okay. Okay. We're well, going to we, take a break. But let's come back, though. But we'll, we'll come back. Coming up, a lot of people are drinking too much water. Too much water. Is that right? Find out when you ask the doctors. Then, the woman who's had a runny nose for nearly a decade. If I cook, I have to be really careful that it doesn't get into my food because it just drips. What would you do? That's coming up. Closed captioning provided by... The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Answering all of your questions today and nothing, as you know, is off limits. Here are a few of the questions you sent us via social media with hashtag AskTheDoctors. Via Facebook, Rhoda asks, I have a round, chubby face, always have. 
Is there a, such a thing as lipo for facial cheeks without going under the knife? Which is, a, I think this is a really valid well, yeah. question. It's yeah. a great question. And we know in general that the prettier face, the slightly more handsome face is more oval or squared off. So that being said, if you have a round face. You're still pretty. Of course you are. Okay. But if you want to go towards that oval okay. yeah. or squared off look, then there's certain things that we can do. Number one, if you have those chipmunk cheeks, we remove what's called the buckle fat. That makes a big difference as far as thinning you in here, immediately making you more oval, especially if you add some volume to the cheekbones, takes away from round, makes you more oval. Liposuction for sure. We can suction the neck, we can suction parts of the cheek as well to give a more narrow face. For somebody older who's had a round face, we can do a facelift in a certain way that will also be more slimming at the same time that will take a round face to an oval face. But you know, these, these little tricks I, are primary, primarily surgical, but minimally invasive, so it's not a big, big surgery. Great question, Rhoda. Yes. Yeah. Let's move on to a question from Instagram. Preston writes, what causes frequent nighttime urination in men? I'm in my early 30s, not sick or diabetic, and don't drink a lot of liquid before bed. Yet I'm getting up as many as 15 times a night to pee in small voids. Is this prostate enlargement? It's hard for me to get a good night's sleep. Well, that's not good, because we know how important uh, sleep is for health. He's got me beat. I'm well, and, and, and he's in his early 30s. Well, that's we wanted to bring in our favorite urologist, Dr. Aaron Spitz, so he joins us via Skype. Dr. Spitz, what say you? Uh, <laughs> I wish I could be up there with you live, but um, I'm really excited to dig into this topic because when it comes to urine, um, you know, that's my bag. What? So, <laughs> nighttime urination. Nighttime urination is very frustrating and it does cause lack of sleep. And it often is due to enlarged prostates in men, but not at this age. At this age, we might be thinking about other more systemic problems. And in fact, it might be sleep itself. Amazingly, it turns out that if you, have un, if you have interrupted sleep from sleep apnea, which is very common now, especially as Americans are getting more and more overweight, sleep apnea can result in uh, hormones that are released that cause your heart uh, to uh, start to release these hormones that make your kidneys dump urine. And that's because when you have sleep apnea, you feel like, oh, I can't breathe. It wakes you up. Your heart's racing and the heart thinks it's overloaded with food and it's got to dump dump fluid out of your body and makes you pee a lot at night. This has been recently understood. So just sleep apnea itself, which is very common in all age groups uh, in the adults, uh, could be the cause of frequent urination in a guy this age. The other thing is uh, diabetes could be a cause. He says he's not a diabetic, but that's gonna be another common cause because all that sugar in your blood causes you to draw the urine, the fluid out of your blood into the kidneys and dump it as urine again. Well, and I'll, I'll jump uh, in, Dr. Spitz, a lot of people who are diabetic do not know they're diabetic, and so they'll say, well, I'm not yep. diabetic, mm -hmm. but if you haven't been tested recently for it, that, that certainly is on the differential. There's so many little things that you need to look at. How much caffeine are you consuming during the course of the day, and especially at night? How much are you drinking right before you go to sleep, right? If you're one of those, oh, I'm it's thirsty, I'm thirsty, I need water, you do that right before you go to sleep, boom, and then, right. And then finally, something I didn't realize is that your bladder actually at night when you're lying down, 
is more sensitive than than during right. the day. In other words, you can you do a That's nice right. you feel it more. If you're a light sleeper, it's going to wake you up more easily than if you're a normal sleeper. The other thing too is everybody uh, is very concerned about drinking enough water, but a lot of people are drinking too much water. In fact, you can drink so much water that you ruin your kidney's ability to hold on to the fluid in your blood and they just start dumping all that fluid that they normally would hold on to into your urine and you start peeing too much day and night. How much is too much? Well, you know, I don't think you should drink more than a gallon. In fact, I would keep it around three quarts, but there are people out there drinking two, three gallons and they're peeing constantly day and night because their kidneys just can't concentrate and hold on to that fluid anymore and that's no good either. And anyone who's urinating 15 times a night, it's time to start investigating. And obviously these are all theories, uh, but certainly a wonderful question. Dr. Spitz, always, always appreciate your input. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. And we're gonna finish with a really interesting Snapchat question that will have you all intrigued. Take a look at this one. Hi doctors. I just read that sparkling water can lead to weight gain. I thought this was a healthier option for me than soda. Is that really true? A, I love your glasses. Yeah, both. Those are really cool. B, shockingly, there is some research out there that drinking carbonated beverages, including sparkling water, may increase the hunger hormone ghrelin. And there was an initial study done on rats, and then they followed it up on humans, and it showed an increase in that circulating hormone of ghrelin. And I drink a lot of carbonated water, and so I read this, and then I had to go look around for other articles as well. And there's, there's also another article out there that says that if you drink a lot of carbonated water, it fills you up more so you don't eat as much. So there's some contradictory data, but this was, it, it was, it was reinforced in a human study. So I think there, there could be something related to carbonated water and potentially eating a little more. So because more ghrelin means your appetite's gonna yeah. go up. So that's the significance of that. And I think yeah. this is one of those where, Dr. Spitz just said it about regular water. I think with all things in life, you start overdoing it because carbonated water, it's more acidic. Certainly, you have to, if you're drinking it all day long, you have to worry about your tooth enamel. Give you gas. But it's still obviously it. way better than drinking sodas or diet sodas. But, but I think this regular is. Regular water still wins. Yeah, regular water's tough to beat. Yeah. Do you yeah. two like sparkling water? Yes. I like it. I'm not I a like huge sparkling lot. water fan. You've been eating really healthy. I've been doing better. This show yeah. is making me a better person. It's, uh, no, so, it's not about being a better person. You've always well, been a great person. It's but just, you, you want to be healthy. You, when you're healthy, I feel like, you know. You're the same person that just throws a little Nita, this kale show, and this show, this show does it fiber. It does. You think I ate kale when I started hosting the show? Heck no. I made fun of people who juice. <laughs> I couldn't smell I mean, now, kale. Now it's... No, I didn't even know what quinoa was. That was over 10 years ago. It's like now quinoa is like... You can't go anywhere without running into some quinoa. I can go plenty of places without <laughs> running into quinoa. <laughs> I think the takeaway, all things in moderation, but I'll tell you, sparkling water, if you're having an urge for a soda, sparkling water with some fruit in it, tough to beat. Let's see what's coming up next. Coming up, the woman who's had a runny nose for nearly a decade. If I cook, I have to be really careful that it doesn't get into my food because it just drips. What would you do then? 75% of all adult women have had at least one yeast infection. Could you be causing it to happen? That's coming up. Closed captioning provided by... 
This, as we know, has been a pretty rough cold and flu season. I want to ask how many of you have been sick? Oh, it looks like about half of our audience. It seems like our entire office here was sick a few weeks ago. Well, what if that annoying runny nose never went away? Fall, summer, spring, just stays with you. Well, our next guest has been dealing with this on a daily basis. Teresa joins us on the phone. Teresa, tell us a little bit more about what's been going on with you. Well, Travis, for the past seven years, I've had just a constant runny nose. I go through an average of two boxes of Kleenex a day. I, no matter where I go, I have to take a box of Kleenexes. If I cook, I have to be really careful that it doesn't get into my food because it just drips and drips Whoa. and drips. It's just all the time, nonstop. And I was just wondering if there was some kind of information you could give me. And is this, just to clarify, because Drew wants to jump in, this is yeah. clear nasal runny clear. discharge, not, not thick, just not like mucusy? water. Just like I turned on a water faucet and it just dripped. And prior to that seven years, you weren't having problems with, with no. aller allergies, allergic rhinitis, anything like that? No, nothing like otherwise... that. I've gone, I have gone to have all this checked. And... Oh, really? Yes. So you've gone through allergy testing and... Correct. Um, otherwise, good health, you're not taking any medications no, on a regular basis? No. Well, I take just two small pills, but one is just a thy uh, thyroid. And, okay. Uh, you know, one is just vitamins. All right, Teresa, moving on, you know, I have to ask you a few questions. How sure. old are you? 72. So the onset was around when she's 65, so, and right. she's ruled out allergies. So I'm thinking that some sort of vasomotor rhinitis, meaning just that the, the normal physiology uh, secretions of her nose, there is an exaggerated response. And there is a condition that starts in your 60s, geriatric rhinitis, which is a form of vasomotor rhinitis that just causes your nose to run all the time. So you need to talk to your doctor about finding the right decongestant for you to slow down that, that drainage. And nowadays, there's third, fourth generation decongestions. They, they should be able to find something for you that won't leave you with, with bad secondary and does it help? And, and I'm curious, over the years, has it helped whether you use nasal decongestants or nasal saline? Has anything helped at all? I've tried sprays. I have tried medicine. I've tried allergy pills. I've tried the neti pots. I've tried Oh, a cream that you wipe up in your nose, but it just continues to drip nonstop. And that's why I called you all to see if maybe you all might have a suggestion. As and I think that she has this overreactive vasomotor uh, rhinitis, that if you were to block the nerves that's the cause of the secretion, that you would see that it stops. So a doctor can do that by doing a block at the back of your nose, a nerve block, and if that decreased it, then it would give information. Uh, I mean, it seems like that, that yeah. would be an, an option at this yeah. stage, given the... This is tough. Teresa, difficult problem, but, you know, we've given you some good suggestions, yeah. and hopefully one of these will help you out. Well, I appreciate it very much, and thank you for talking to me. Of course. Be well. Certainly a, a very interesting situation. We, want we thank Teresa for calling in. And before we go to break, I want you all to check out this pop quiz. What everyday habit could lead to a yeast infection? Is it A, being a night owl, B, taking a long shower, or C, consuming too much salt? 
The answer when we return. Coming up. 75% of all adult women have had at least one yeast infection. Could you be causing it to happen? Plus, the only show on TV where everyone at home has a chance to enter to win the Word of the Day giveaway. Find out what it is. That's next. What everyday habit could lead to a yeast infection? Is it A, being a night owl, B, taking a long shower, or C, consuming too much salt? Nearly 75% of all adult women have had at least one yeast infection in their lifetime, but could you be causing it to happen? So that pop quiz had a lot of our audience members guessing, but not Dr. Nita has the answer to so, the pop quiz. Yes, yeah, so what do you think? Oh it's, oh, it's actually A, being a night, oh, you got it? So being a night owl, apparently being a night owl can cause you to have not, not get enough sleep. And when you don't get enough sleep, you have a weakened immune system, according to some research that can throw your vaginal pH off, making you more susceptible to vaginal yeast infections. And then you have a weaker immune system, so your body can't fight it off, so you get a... Yeast, yeast infection. infection. And so you get the burning and the itching and the irritation, maybe a little watery discharge, maybe the thick white cottage cheese-like discharge without any odor. But in any case, if you get one of those, then you know you can do an over-the-counter cream or your doctor can prescribe something. But in addition to lack of sleep, also a poor diet or an illness or pregnancy can also predispose you to vaginal yeast infections. And the one takeaway? for not just women, is so many reasons to get a good night of slumber. Slumber! That's our word of the day. So go to our website, thedoctorstv.com, and enter slumber for your chance to win a $125 gift voucher to Thoughtfully, an online gifting company delivering lifestyle and artisan-inspired gift boxes. And... Everyone in the audience is going home with one! More to come. Coming up. My doctor's prescription today, we have three hacks to ease your winter driving woes. That's next. Closed captioning provided by... And if you're ready to win big, join us in our studio audience. You could be part of our massive prize giveaway. So log on to our website at thedoctorstv.com or call us at area code 323-THE-DOCS. That's 323-THE-DOCS. We will see you soon. Wild winter weather can wreak havoc on your life, canceling school, maybe it makes you late for work, it can delay your vacation plans. But my doctor's prescription today, well, we have three hacks to ease your winter driving woes. First, to keep your windshield wipers from freezing to your windshield, raise those wipers into the upright position and fit an old tube sock over each one when your car is going to be parked overnight. That sock's gonna protect the wipers and prevent ice from forming on the blades. To prevent snow and ice from forming on side mirrors, put gallon-sized plastic bags over them, secure them with a rubber band at night. And then in the morning, you remove those bags before driving for ice-free mirrors. 
and your car locks. We know they can freeze in the winter, making it impossible to even get into your car. What you can do is you can put a little hand sanitizer on your key, that alcohol-based hand sanitizer, gently insert into the lock. That alcohol actually will melt any ice buildup pretty quickly, so you can be on your way. That's a good trick. Great tips. Yeah. So being prepared in this cold weather is so very important. What a show. We, I mean, you may not remember, we started off, I mean, we went poop squad. Confessional. Couldn't it happen to me. Prolapse parts. Sparkling water. We yeast infections. Drippy noses. We, we did it all. And you see how excited we get. Like, don't be embarrassed to talk to your doctor. This is why we go to school. We love yeah. to talk about this stuff. We talk about your poop and your vaginas all day. And your yeast, all of that stuff. Just and it, and itchy anuses. We talk about it all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you all enjoy being here? We yeah. certainly appreciate everyone in the audience. For being here, thanks for tuning in at home. See you next time.